It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday april 5th and you're listening to episode 462 as always i am your host jason hanging out here today uh with my good friend mr kelly hoagland how's it going kelly hi jason it's going pretty dang well how are you doing today Doing pretty well, Excellent. pretty well. We Excellent. are recording this the day before it's published, uh, which is a new, this is not a new record, but it's, it's, it might, time-wise might be a new record. It's Easter today, so we're mm-hmm. both busy. <laughs> now we're yeah. recording tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're cutting it pretty close. And your time zone, two hours from the time we start recording to get it out. Yeah. Get it done. Yeah. Well, yeah. check technically it just has to show up Monday morning, so I could okay. stay up all night if I wanted to and That's put it fair. out there. But That's fair. I'm not going to do that because I do appreciate sleep, you know, an hour or two a night if I can. Somewhere in there is what it feels like. <laughs> I know kids are pretty uh, sensitive when you're tired and giving you the space and energy you need when you get oh, that going on. Yeah. Hey, can dad have five minutes? No. No, you can't. <laughs> Sorry about your luck. <laughs> so I got, I got some big and exciting thing that happened recently. I don't know if you can see on my camera back here. Oh, you can't because I'm in the way here. I'll move. This huge stack of board games back there, of all Ooh. my Marvel United games that came through, I am super stoked about it. Nice. Um, yeah, it came with, uh, so there's the base game, and then there's mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five, uh, six expansions, and then also this huge box of promo uh, characters. So it works out to be about 80 characters, 85 characters, something like that in total. Holy poops. Yeah. Each character has a miniature, and uh, and just just when I get this in the mail, and I'm so excited, the kids and I are playing it now with Steph, and the kids and I are playing it. Just actually, just played a round today with all the new stuff, and uh, and now I find out they're doing Marvel United X Men. So uh, so there goes a bunch more money out of my wallet because I know that I'm going to have to back it. I can't I can't not. Um, yeah. Well, that's probably going to get me there too, because that was my, my, uh, my series when I was growing up. Love me some X Men. Loving the current run that they're doing with the, uh, the Isle of X and all that, the Rule of X. Ah, uh, yeah, I have, I, I, um, I, I haven't read comic books in quite a while, just because uh, I'm, just bad at keeping up with stuff. That's um, fair. But it's, so it's a good run, though. Oh yeah, if it weren't for Marvel United, uh, Marvel Unlimited, rather, you just said Marvel United, uh, I wouldn't be caught up. But it's great for catching up on all that stuff. Uh, but ah, nice. this this runs awesome. Like you've got a uh, Xavier and Magneto team up together and form their own independent nation because they're just uh, <laughs> that's uh, awesome. Through time travel, time travel shenanigans, they realize neither plans ever work, so they just kind of do their own thing mm. and focus on mutant rights, and it's pretty awesome, pretty cool. Uh, that is pretty cool. The the leading up to it, the Powers of X uh, series kind of reads like what if a Black Mirror writer wrote some X Men? Uh, so it's, <laughs> it's 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 a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, so uh, so yeah, we today have kind of a cool thing we're gonna do, um, and by that I mean it's different from what we normally do, which makes it cool. Not normal stuff's not cool, but different stuff is also cool. Um, so you and I have been working on a game recently, 
Um, and uh, so what we're going to do today is we're actually going to do the show in reverse. We're going to pitch the game. And then, um, and then we're going to kind of dissect how we designed the game and kind of how we got to where we are. And um, we're just going to have to just by pitching it. And some of you will find that the name is familiar. And then we will, for those of you who don't, and for those of you who do, we will talk about why that is familiar after we do the initial pitch. Um, and of course, in true BTG fashion, I did not ask you ahead of time if you want to pitch it. Um, if you feel comfortable pitching it, you're mm-hmm. more than welcome to. Because uh, God knows I talk enough on this show. So. <laughs> well, it it wouldn't be a, a BTG episode if you didn't put the, the guest on the spot or something or another. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> to be uh, fair, anytime the listeners hear the guest be put on the spot, I uh, sometimes have cut out conversations. Okay. Where I said, like, do you know, do you want to do this? Do you not want to do this? If you don't, it's fine. Uh, sometimes I just leave that in, uh, when they're cool about it. But yeah, I mean, I, I do try to give, you know, if a guest yeah. was ever like, I don't want to do this, then I'm like, Hey, then we'll just pretend that yeah. never happened. And it's all great. Yeah. I mean, to uh, be but fair, you, I know well enough. Yeah. And he <laughs> did I'm not tell me about putting you on the spot. You did tell me what game <laughs> right. we were going to be talking about at least. So I did. <laughs> so I had that warning. I did. Yeah. It's the main game we're working on right now. Yeah, so yeah. It just seemed like a good, uh, a good one to talk about. It does. And it's a good game. It's a good game. Uh, it is. It is. It's come you, a long ways real fast. Do you want a name drop or do I get the name drop? The name drop of the game. The name of the game. You can name drop the game. Go Excellent. I'm very excited about this because I was actually there when the very first prototype of this game was designed as part of a uh-huh. game design challenge at Grand Con like four years ago now or five years ago now or something like that. Yeah. 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 Made on uh, thegamecrafter.com little cards written them out and to make the tracks because we... Mm-hmm. I've returned to one of Jason's older designs, and I am proud to have gotten to help him rebuild the design of Minecart Madness. For those of yes, you who yes. want to go dig through the um, archives and find that, or what episode was that again, Jason? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's an episode with the word Grand Con in it about okay. four or five years ago. That makes um, sense. But the name of the original name of the game in that thing where it got like did it got like third place second or third place didn't it yeah it, it, it got, went pretty it, far it in did that, yeah. something um was called breakdown bridge brawlers because i only used alliteration um now <laughs> minecart madness not all alliteration there is a different letter in there so in mine mm-hmm. mart madness just didn't have the same i mean i guess we could have made like a thing about like 7-elevens in a mine kind of I mean, um, you could also make yeah. minecart one word, and then you've still got the uh, technical alliteration mm. going. Yeah, that is true. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, stay true to your roots. So, minecart madness is a tile placing, uh, path building game where you are racing from start to finish while trying to collect a series of items while on a runaway minecart. The tracks are several paths on tiles, or four by four tiles, so four squares by four squares, sixteen tiles on it with various entrances, exits, cross, and you've got to plan your routes out by picking up tiles and placing them at the beginning of your turn, figuring out the route you're going to go, by which paths you connect, and then you can do things like hop across large gaps to get to different places, rotate the entire tile you're on, jump to a different place on the tile to keep going. Uh, It's a fun, fast-paced game, especially because the speed increases every turn. So you've really got to be planning it out close to the end, and it's a lot of crazy fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
that's that's a great that is a great overview of the game. Uh, a couple of things that popped in my head. So it runs on a two action system, right? Mm-hmm, Where mm-hmm. you get two actions per turn, yeah. uh, which are the, some of those things you mentioned. Um, and then uh, also kind of the story of kind of what we were going for with the game, with this kind of the story around this new version of the game is that they've opened this, they found this old mine cart, this old mine shaft. Um, and all they know about it is that it's abandoned and it was filled with ancient technology and treasures. Uh, and so you dive into it. Um, yeah. And you're trying to gather these unique treasures uh, to win the game. You have to, before you can finish the race, you have to collect it it depends, right? Uh, it depends on the number of players, but it's like nine or seven unique Mm -hmm. treasures and there are only so many copies of each. Uh, so you have to collect the unique treasures and then, uh, that allows you to exit. Um, that allows you to exit the mine, um, once you've got those. So yeah. And as Kelly mentioned, the speed increases every single round, uh, ending, it starts at four and goes all the way up to 11. It goes uh, to 11. That was funny. (laughs) Indeed. <laughs> and also when we play tested it, honestly, 10 just wasn't fast enough. So we, we <laughs> said, well, we could bump it to 11. And then we laughed for about two, 10 minutes about that. And then we just decided that, yeah, 11 makes more yeah. sense. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then the other thing is there's power up cards, right? There's yeah. power up cards you can use. Um, those you can spend an action to buy a power up card. The power up cards, um, one of the things that was a really great idea Kelly had in the game was that uh, four cards. So the four cards are out at a time, four power up cards. Uh, if you buy a power up card with an action, it does not refill. Instead, after every person has taken a turn and the round is over, any leftover ones get discarded and four new ones come out. Uh, and then there are an exact set number of uh, power up cards, 32 to be exact, so that mm-hmm. for every turn of the game or every round of the game, there are eight rounds, there will be four fresh ones out uh which means that you literally can go you have the potential to go through all of them if the game ends sooner than you want it uh which is certainly possible um depending on the course you chart um yeah but yeah yeah so that was a really great idea that kelly had well i like that one because you get to see all of them so it forces that and two because they're only out for a round you have mm-hmm. to, if you think something looks good and you've got an idea for something you could do in the next couple of rounds, you have to jump on it. There's no sitting around and waiting. So it really puts some pressure on the decision. Plus, like you said, the thematically having the items flying by and having to make your grab as soon as you see them fits really well for the runaway mine cart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that bit, too, of the, of the, um, the items, the power-up items changing was was partially because we found that we weren't buying them, right? Yeah. Uh, in a in one of the playtests we did, I was able to win without buying any. You bought a few, which were helpful, but clearly not helpful enough yeah. uh, to justify their cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and they just kind of always sat out there and were stagnant. Um, and we didn't want to have to do some sort of like, oh, if for X turns, no one buys them, then, you know, get rid of them. Yeah. We also didn't want to do, like my go-to, which works in some games, but would have been a pain in this game um, was, you know, I just like the conveyor belt model, which is right. is like, you know, the last card drops off, but for new card comes out and that works in some games. But in this game, it, we didn't even try it. Um, I was going to suggest that. And then you suggested something way better. So we did that instead. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I like it. And yeah, the, uh, the power ups, and then you, uh, your idea was to drop the cost because we did have some power ups that were permanent and cost two actions to buy, but we dropped 
you drop them all down to one uh, because even the permanent mm-hmm. ones, if that opportunity didn't come up, they were nowhere near wasting your entire turn grabbing them. So I think. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and we had, we had consciously made the permanent power-ups not as powerful. Yeah. Right? Cause you do that. Yeah. Cause permanent means you can't be like, can't be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that was the case, it was like self-balancing. It's like, why does it need to cost extra then? Um, yeah. So yeah. And, yeah. And most of the power permanent power-ups, uh, encouraged more interaction between the players on the tracks because you can collide into another cart and push it along the track. Mm-hmm. So yep. all the power, permanent power-ups had to do with things like if you collide into another player or another cli- player collides into you. So instead of running off on your own to make sure you get all the items, you could maneuver into other people to get some uh, strategic advantages. Also push them into walls. Uh, but yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> so so let's let's take a step back here. So we okay. kind of give everybody an idea about how the game works. Mm-hmm. I'd like to step back those three or four years to where the game started. Um, if that's okay with you and uh, oh, kind of do. show what we started with and then why it kind of stopped. Um, so, so the game started, as we said, as a grand con challenge, um, for it being something that I came up with at grand con, it was, it was a very, very good game. It was, it was probably to date my best, like first draft design I've ever done of a game. Um, and I was encouraged by, by a publisher, uh, who who wasn't interested in the game, but who said, listen, you need to keep working on this game. This is really solid. Uh, and actually got some other people to play it uh, for me. And that was like, okay, yep, I got I got to work on this, right? So I um, so I did. So I, I started working on it. Uh, I, I switched it over to being minecarts instead of like going across a bridge. Um, and, uh, and one of the things that I'm still very proud of with the original game was so the uh, the thing we got uh, of the in the game crafter kit were punchboard tokens, uh, square and circles, um, and I used the frame as the track, with the tokens randomly placed in them, and you were able to pop the tokens out of the uh, of the track uh, as you went, uh, and that's kind of the basis for how the game still works, right? Is yeah. that it, it's about this moving track that that changes. So after that, I switched it to Minecart Madness. I made it a linear racing game where you're going to the end of a track and back. Um, and it's that simple. You were racing down. You were racing back. Um, it was a very small number of cards, like 15 to 18 cards, double-sided. They had tracks on them with gaps in them. Uh, you randomly laid it out, and then you would race. Uh, it worked out an energy system instead of an action system for how you would speed down the track and back. Uh, it had the power-ups, uh, just like the game does now. The power-ups were very much a um, were very much uh, inspired by um, Mario Kart. the The whole game was very much inspired by Mario Kart, kind of the original. Um, w- keeping in mind things like rubber banding and stuff, and wanting you to be able to catch up if you were behind. So there was uh, a power-up you had called Punch It that you could use once per game, and depending on what place you were in, that power-up was got better, better, better. If you were in last place, it was far superior to if you use it in first place, a la the same way that uh, it works in Mario Kart, where you have better items you can pick up when in last place than you can when in first place, and also you drive faster. Um, but the game had some challenges. It had some problems. Um, I Notably, I, I actually played it with Isaac Shalev, a uh, good friend. Um, and Isaac, if you hear this, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell this story uh, that I told you one time, uh, which was that he, he gave me some amazing feedback on the game, uh, and it just showed me really all the flaws that I was missing and why some things weren't working. 
Um, and I tried to make a drastic change to the game to fix those flaws and instead made the game incredibly unfun and not like quick and racy anymore. Um, so I stopped working on it. And then years later, Isaac said, Hey, what'd you ever do with that game? And I said, well, I stopped working on it after I got some, some really hard feedback. And he was like, was it for me? And I was like, it was from you. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> um, but that worked out good. So I set the game down. I completely forgot about the game. Um, and then, uh, I brought it back to you, uh, and, and we kind of had some direction for a possible way that we could show the game to some different publishers. Um, and so I brought it back to you with some restrictions of saying, Hey, I need to, um, I need to take this game and I need to make it not just a linear racing game. It needs to be something with tile placement. That's a little crazier. Um, and you, uh, having worked on various versions of circuitous, um, mm-hmm. among other names of the same game, fledge sunder, and wait, what's what's dispersion. the one? I always forget the one that it dispersion. I always forget the one that it yeah. is now. Yeah, <laughs> like I always remember the others. Um, so you you you've got some expertise in working with uh, spatial stuff, and yeah. um, that's really what this game needed. Uh, plus, I like working with you, <laughs> so uh-huh. it was like, hey, let's look at this, and uh, yeah, and that started. Gosh. Two months ago, maybe when we hopped back into this game, was that maybe the case? if that far, if that yeah. long ago, goes that that would have been, I think it was less than that because that would have been put it before Valentine's Day, and I don't think we really got into it until uh, early March. So it's been right. it's been a right. rush. Like once we hit it, we hit it hard. It has, yes. And so this is where um, I think that a couple notes I just want to throw out here about um, designing online, and this is where designing online really shined. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, we said, we want to have this ready by, by a certain date. Um, cause we were going to show it off, like I said. And so we, uh, to do that, we, um, we, we divide and conquered quite a bit. Um, we had a couple hour session where we really sat down and said, what do we want this game to do? Yeah. Um, and I think that was probably the hardest work we did in this entire game in my mind. Yeah. Um, was figuring out what to make the game do and how to make it play. Cause I think yeah. we both had a lot of ideas around that. Um, and I can be kind of hard headed and it took a while for things to like make sense to me. <laughs> That's right. I'm equally hard headed. So it, it worked out just fine. It did. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah. So what, I mean, what were your kind of initial thoughts when we started working on this? Um, well, yeah, and how to turn this because I showed you the original, you had seen it, but I yeah. showed you the most current version. I said, This mm-hmm. is how it works, this is you know what I, I want this feeling, but beyond that, like, let's let's go for broke and see what we can do. Yeah, like my first feelings on that were to one because we had talked and we I knew about the the tile placement, expanding paths, all that, so I was trying to think about how to do that, and of course, like one of the things that led me to working on circuitous was having played labyrinth a little while before that <laughs> because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that board and it's such a very simplistic game design that's really beautifully works out well for planning and visualization and spatial raising skills it's just great that way so i was mm-hmm. like maybe we could do it on a, a labyrinth board and then we made that in tabletop simulator it was not relatively easy um and then we <laughs> and then we immediately ditched that idea. yeah because it didn't it didn't have the the feel because that was one i think i think settling on the exact feel that we wanted as early as we did because that was one of the things we did in that very first two-hour meeting mm-hmm. was really decide on exactly what we wanted the game to be 
And that made it so right. much easier to make all the other decisions because it was, is that making this feel less like a runaway minecart sort of thing? So Right, right. Yeah, I just wanted to point out, like, so, so yeah, first, first of all, kudos to you for making, you actually made a labyrinth board work in Tabletop Simulator, um, which was amazing, because you went into it saying, I don't know if I can do this, and then, like, a day later, you were like, I did it, um, which was shocking to me. I mean, you probably got no sleep, but it was still. <laughs> I live alone in COVID times. <laughs> I have so right, much right. time and need for distraction. <laughs> your cat was very annoyed i'm sure like oh yeah we you, you just can it with the computer uh, um yeah. <laughs> so uh i see your cat usually on meetings so you're in yeah. your studio recording here so i'm not but normally yes i would see your I, cat like throwing its butt at the screen at me like what's I'm, up what's up look at my butt um it's it's true so, that's, so what that's cats though man that's cats <laughs> right it is so one of the things that I try and do now whenever I'm co-designing with someone and I'm bringing a game that I've already worked on, and especially if it's a game that I really like, because even though I put down Minecart Madness you know, a few years back, I still really loved that game. Um, and you know, I loved the feeling it gave you when you were racing. I just I felt like it was one of my better designs, even though it had its flaws. So so one of the things that I've learned to do when it comes to uh, co-design, if I feel that way about a game is to say to the co-designer, hey, this is what's important to me about the game. This is this is what I need the game to do. Beyond that, I don't want to be precious about anything, but like it's important to communicate to your co-designer, you know, because so many times, like I, for my designs, I want it to feel a certain way. And I know that I know that Kelly understands that. Um, you know, because you you think of the same thing. You you want yeah. a game to feel a certain way when you play it. So and what was awesome was you were like, okay, I got that. And then you really kind of followed that. Like most of the time when, when stuff wasn't working, it was because we agreed it didn't feel like that runaway cart thing, right? Yeah. That was the goal. It's got to feel crazy. It has to feel like madness, mm -hmm. right? Like in a mind, like mine cart madness. Um, because in the reason that I was so concerned about that is because what broke the game was I turned it into a thinky action selection game. Um, in it, I don't. I never even showed you that version, um, because it was. It's it's a cool version of a different game. Like I should really use those mechanics somewhere else, <laughs> but not in a racing game. It was yeah. it was awful. Um. So so yeah, I think agreeing on that early mm -hmm. was helpful and helped us then iterate quickly. Um. Because we we agreed on what we wanted. We just had to figure it out, right? Yeah. That was, which was n no simple task. At least I didn't feel like it was. <laughs> no, it wasn't particularly easy. It was usually uh, we'd get together for an hour or two and just bang our heads against each other for a little while until we made something that made a it's little true, yeah. bit of sense. Um, then it'd be thrown into TTS and see if it actually made functional or if it was functional, not made functional. But yeah, I can, I can verb. Right. In, in, you know, I think that the, one of the things, so, so the tiles in this game, um, are, are really crazy. They're, they're, um, well, you know, what? I'm going to let you explain the tiles because I still don't understand how you made the tiles. Um, and you do, so <laughs> you explain the tiles. Um, I made the tiles with math and rudimentary programming. <laughs> so I knew we wanted <laughs> a certain number of entrances and exits or a number of possible entrances and exits on each side. And to make sure that we had a variety of those, I 
uh, determined how many we needed. So on a, what we first started with three by three tiles, so a nine square tile. And that meant there were three opens on each side, which meant uh, eight possible combinations of entrances and exits on each side. Because you've got, it's just two times two times two, coin flips, uh, zero, one, zero, one for open, closed, open, closed. Uh, so you do that. Then I signed those each a letter, then wrote a program that would give me a set of, at that point it was 28, uh, 28 combinations of the, well, yeah, 28 combinations of sides that were non-repeating and didn't match each other in any aspect. So we had 28 completely unique tiles. And then I would go into uh, GIMP, my the lovely little uh, thing that made it very easy because you could split the tile up into sections. I had my straight tile track, curved mm -hmm. tile track, and would just go through and uh, copy-paste with Snap the Guide and make my little grid thing. And it went really fast once I figured out the grid guide system. Yeah, and the tiles look great. In in fact, they looked really good the first time, and then I was like, "Oh no, this isn't going to work because of the way these these tracks are too close," and blah blah blah. And then four iterations later, we were back to the exact tiles you created the first time, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> because I was being hard headed and feeling like it was going to be an issue, and it it totally wasn't. It um, yeah. Well, I think. We switched from three by three to four by four, so I think that also helped a little bit with the uh, feeling a little less cramped, which probably made it a little bit easier to to perceive. So there was a little bit of a a shift there. Uh, so not entirely hard headed, not entirely. I'm not saying you're not, but <laughs> yeah, right, right. So so the next step that I think the next hurdle we really had to. So you first of all, you took you just took TTS and said I'm going to handle this part. Um, which was a lifesaver for me because that was a part I could not handle. Um, I I wrote the rules, um, which gave me a bit of an existential crisis uh, about halfway through when I realized that I was like, why didn't I write these sooner? This is awful. <laughs> um, and uh, and then also we, um, you know, I tried to help as much as I could with the power cards, but you ended up actually taking quite a few of those. You took some ones I had had and created tons of new ones and gave them really crazy names uh, that were really good. Um, but the, uh, what we ended up with the tiles and this was, this was tough, right? Like we, we went back and forth a lot on the layout of the board, right? Because, so you've got these, you've mm -hmm. got your minecarts like starting in a location and they started off by starting like in a center location. Right. And then they would spread yeah. out from there. Um, but the issue we ran into was we basically had two choices. We could pre-populate all the tiles, uh, which was incredibly economical for time right like if you just randomly mm -hmm. place all the tiles it saved a ton of time um but again you kind of lost a little bit of that madness feel of constantly having to place new tiles out to make things happen um so we gosh we iterated back and forth a lot i think that was probably our next biggest challenge yeah was figuring out how the heck to make the tiles work um yeah and do, go ahead. What I was going to say, yeah, that? we needed to make the tiles work for feeling crazy and out of control while maintaining the fact that it was also supposed to be a race. So we had to have some right, sort of right. end goal uh, in play for that. And that was what led to the pre-populating a certain section of the track so we could have an end goal as opposed to collect X things and make it back to the start. Um, right. But yeah, that was well, that was a lot of back and forth for that. It, it was. Because the other design goal that we had kind of set for ourselves was... We wanted this to be simple enough that when when you there were no like checks of like so you know we would say okay if you're replacing tiles from like a random pool or stacks of tiles you're just grabbing one and placing it 
But at some point, you need to stop just placing tiles, right? Because the way the you know ideal we wanted was this: on your turn, you place a tile, and then you remove a different tile, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you do. You place a tile, you remove a tile, um, and then you take your actions. And that first is free. You must take a tile from the reserve and place it, and then take a tile from the board and place it in the reserve. But the problem is with with building the board yourself, we could never quite get to where we needed to be. So what we ended up doing that actually has really worked splendidly, I think, it just took a while to get there, <laughs> um, was we cut it down to 15, star- 15 tiles, mm-hmm. 15 three by three, t- four, four by four, four by four tiles, four by four tiles, right? four by four tiles um, double-sided. So there are 30 unique tile sides, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then there's a starting tile and an ending tile, basically an entrance tile and an exit tile. The entrance tile is eight positions you can start in. Um, uh, something else that we did that, uh, so I'll get back to that in a minute. Um, but so the, uh, you place the starting tile, which the starting tile is actually double length. So it's yeah. eight long and you place it so that, um, so that it's offset so that you have two tiles in the center, right? Um, and then, um, no, did I say that wrong? You have yeah, I said that one wrong. tile in the center and then two are halfsies on either side. Yeah. Sorry. One of the center and then two halvesies. So you end up with a grid that is three by four, right? Yeah. Um, three tiles by four tiles coming off that front tile. And then you take the exit tile, um, which, uh, was, we designed to be backwards. So basically it places up against those preset tiles, uh, but faces the wrong direction. So it faces actually a way that nothing connects to Yeah. so that you have to explore and go around by placing more tiles. Um, and then that leaves three tiles left over, which are the reserve tiles. So, you know, when, when it's your turn, you take a tile from those one of those three tiles. You place it. You pick it up with the face it's on. You place that face. Then when you remove a tile from the board, which you can remove from any tile as long as there's an open edge, which allows you to create these really weird shapes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you flip that tile over to reveal the other side and then put that in the reserve. Yeah, and that um, that reserve choosing the reserve, I like the way that worked out because uh, it's more than just thinking about the path. Because we've got that collect x uh, n unique items and make it to the finish. Each tile only has one specific item available on it. So yes, when we got to the end, there was a tile that I really needed the path, but it didn't have an item that I needed at all and yep. wasn't going to help me get anywhere near the end. So I had to compromise and figure out a way to get around to the other side of the board and make other stuff work but but yeah right yeah and so that is um so that's the other big thing about the game that i love how it worked out was so we have 15 unique items it's it's we it's 15 yeah so, right? 15, 15 to each yeah. <laughs> yep i we've we've had to change these so many times so so the way it works are there there are 30 tokens uh two of each of these unique treasures um and then each tile has one symbol uh, on one side on one of the tracks um, and it'll be a symbol for one of the unique treasures so obviously every side has a symbol um, and again there are 15 tiles 15 tokens so basically every token appears on two different tiles on mm-hmm. two different faces of two different tiles never on the same tile yeah, um, yeah. and so the way it works is when you populate a tile you take and you put the token on it assuming there is a token left in the uh, in the uh, token reserve that still has right yeah. um, one of those on there um and you could never collect the same same token twice if you already have it yeah um in your stash 
um, which creates some interesting things because you might need the path, but if the token's already there and you already have it, you can't get the token, but put just by putting it out, you've now made that token available to someone else, mm-hmm. um, which you may not want to do. <laughs> um, and likewise, when you remove a tile, if there's a token on it, that token just goes back to the to the token reserve, which is you know can be really mean um, reasons to replace. You know, it can be really mean uh, to spite your opponent on what they're going to do. Um, the one thing I'll say about that is I tried to do that to you sometimes during playtests, and a lot of times it didn't work because that wasn't your plan. Yeah. You were going to do something else, and the board is so like vast and just varied that it can be really hard to know what your opponent's going to do. You know what direction they're traveling, mm-hmm. but because you have the ability to switch tracks, which is one of your actions you can take, you can literally jump to any other track on that same tile and be moving in a different direction. And that is meant to be overpowered, right? That's yeah. the idea. That is meant to make you feel like you're like this super minecart driver to get around and be crazy. Um, because that what we found is that 100% keeps the flow of the game moving at all times. Yeah. It's, it's a vital action for that. And if you can plan out to where you're not going to have to use that the next round, it gives you more flexibility. So it adds a slight more... Uh, another element of... Uh, strategic planning without adding a lot of analysis paralysis. So you get that right. a little bit of extra thought. If you want to be able to use two actions the next round, you need to make sure you're not going to be running off the edge of a tile or something like that, or you're going in a direction that you want and to be I think Exactly. So I don't know that we defined all of the actions. There's only like four actions you yeah. can take in a turn. You get two choices. You can... Speed boost, which gives you a, th- a three move, right? You just four. move three spaces. Four. We've Sorry, we up that to four, yes. Uh, you move four spaces. That simple. Um, you could do that twice in a turn if you chose to. Um, but some of the other actions are really, really fun, like switch track, which says switch to any other track on the on your same tile. Um, there is power up by a power up, which means you just take a power up card from the uh, from the draft uh, deck over there. One of the show one of the cards that's mm-hmm. face up. You take that. You can use those cards at any time. They act as like interrupts. Um, and then you uh, also can jump, uh, which is, is the, that's the last one, right? Uh, there's jump. I thought there was rotate. Oh, rotate. Yes. Yeah, so you can also rotate a tile. You can even do that to a tile you're on, which is pretty cool because it rotates you around and can give you a whole different exit point because once you rotate it, you can rotate it on any side. Um, and then, yes, and then jump, which is... Basically, uh, in the rules, there's a nice diagram for jump. But basically what happens is if there is a gap between tiles and you would drive off the end of a tile, you can use jump if there is a tile on the opposite side of that gap. It does The distance does not matter. Um, but if there's a tile on the other side where you line up with another track going the same direction, you can spend one action to jump. You literally can cross the entire board that way. does not happen very often. When it does, you feel really cool um, because it's it's a ton of free spaces. Um, and that, that is meant to be there to be not used very often, but when you can use it, it's pretty, it's pretty powerful. And we, we wanted, we want your actions to feel really, we want your actions to feel overpowered. I I want it to feel like you're cheating when you play the game, but you're not right. Mm -hmm. And one last note with those actions, you can intermix those with your movement, however you want. So if I'm moving 11 spaces, I can move two spaces, use a power, move two more, use another power, or I can move all, then use my powers or use my powers, then move. 
Uh, it's really, yeah. The thing that I like about the actions is they're all pretty much the exact same actions that were in Minecart Madness, Jason's version, the original version, just uh, transition, transliterated, whatever, to work in the new system. Like there was a jump to get over gaps, but those gaps might have only been a little chunk of the cards on one of the sides of the card. They changed to gaps mm-hmm. between tiles. Uh, flipping a card was in the original version. It came to rotate the tile because that gave the same kind of feel of opening up new paths that that did. So it was a lot of figuring out how to take the original ideas Jason had that gave the game that racy kind of like flying by the seat of your pants feel and adapting them to an entirely different medium. Yeah, though, no, that makes, yeah, I, I agree. And one of the things we did to that, I mentioned that your turn starts with you removing a tile and placing a tile. And instead that was a power that you could use mm-hmm. yeah. cost, you know, your actions to do that. Uh, but we found making everyone do that. Um, makes the game really a lot more fluid with how it works um, with, you know, the tiles just moving so much um, and really getting, you know, the, it, it really is about cycling the items. I think is one of the most important parts of that. Mm-hmm. So one of the other things I wanted to point out um, was talk a little bit about the power-up cards. Um, one of the things that we we that I did in the original game that I, I think we we did a good job of capturing with this, and if there's anything we need, we'll need to tweak about the game. It probably is still refining those because we we literally have 32 unique cards, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of them have to be bad. <laughs> some of them have to be broken, either really good or really bad, right? I mean, that's just oh, statistically sure. we're we're not that good. <laughs> we have to have screwed some of them up. Oh. No, I'm sure we did. I'm sure we did. I tried to uh, cheat a little bit when I was making them because a lot of them were just transitioning and taking right, right. taking one thing. Like there was one thing that had to do with stealing. Stealing was an action you could do in the original version. We changed that to a yep, card. Yep. Uh, and then we decided that it needed to branch out a little bit because there wasn't quite the things you could steal before. So it became stealing became stealing either a card, a uh, power card or a gem. And then also what someone you're colliding with or from someone you're on the same tile with. So that we took the one card and made it four because I'm creative like that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but, yes. but no, there are definitely some in there that are going to be pretty powerful. Like there's uh, one I like saves your action for another turn. So if you know, there's not much you're going to do this turn, you can grab that and then use that later to do something absolutely crazy. Uh, there's the one dynamite booster one where you blow up the tile and then get to move. So it's like an entirely extra multiple move thing that you get to do. But there are a lot of fun power-ups in there. But yeah, there's definitely got to be some that are neither fun nor power uppy. Right, right, right. Well, in, in one of the things, you know, we said when it came to designing those, we really tried to lean towards too powerful rather than not powerful enough. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you want to entice people to spend their action to buy those. Um in, you know, because it's it's just not something you it would be easy to play the game without those power ups at all. But the power ups really do add a little something else and they help the game be, you know, they help the uh, replayability of the game, I think, uh, mm-hmm. even though you see them all in every game um, still, you know, having those uh, change every time is, you know, yeah, there is. Something that uh, I'm just going to yawn here because it's late. <laughs> I think I think it's important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in you know, so so yeah, I I would love to with the with the time we have left here, um, because we've talked a lot about how the game works and everything is, um, what do we think 
let's I'll let you go first. What are some of the things you felt good that we did? And what are some of the things you feel like, hey, this is a lesson learned for next time. Maybe we could try um to do it a little different on the next game we're working on. Um trying to especially for this designing online back and forth thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so the thing I think like went well, I really liked for the whole process was uh, making sure we had a clear vision of how we wanted the game to feel at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I think that allowed us to stay on the same page with minimal communication throughout because it gave us both a very clear filter for what ideas would work and what were going to be straight out. Um, knowing the market that we're going for too helped. I think even mm-hmm. with that, there were times where it's easier when we're face to face to get certain ideas, especially with a game that is as visual and as spatial as this one is. Um, it's a lot easier to get ideas across in person because you can doodle things out on a piece of paper between you and get ideas clear out because there were a couple times where you and I were on, despite having an idea of where the games were going, but when we were trying to decide on how we wanted everything to fit together, we were not on the same page and completely misunderstanding it's how, true how we actually envisioned the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Th- that's a really good point. You know, um, so we, we did spend, you know, a couple hours at a time. We tried to never have it be more than an hour and a half to two hours because mm-hmm. by the end of that, you're just like, okay, like we need to take a break. Um, but we did, you know, we, we met via video chat, which was nice. Um, and then we were, we would draw things and like, I would, you would describe something and I would be like, oh, you mean like this? And I would show you and you're like, no, not nothing like that. Not even, that's not even close. Like, what are you drawing? Is that a cat? What, what is that? So, so I do think that using, you know, the, the best we could of the distance medium, right. Mm-hmm. Um, was good. You know, I, I think that like, you know, we, we've talked about you and I and Neil have talked about doing a, another game design getaway thing. Uh, once everybody's vaccinated and stuff, and that'll be really yeah. exciting. Nineteenth, um, get my second. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm a couple days before that, so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Neil got his first as well. So, um, so anyways, yeah. Like I, I, you know, I'm thinking about how different it will be to iterate in person. Um, and that was actually the iterating online was really helpful because, you know, you could do something like say, oh, hey these tiles right like we need to change how these tiles works and you could go in and do 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 do, boom and it would just regenerate new tiles right or oh Mm -hmm. the the size is wrong boom you could just change it yeah um and i know that it wasn't just like flip a switch but it was way faster than like if we had had to redo it rebalance it print it cut them back out right Mm -hmm. um especially for them being double-sided then you have to worry about that um so i do think that that doing this online actually was beneficial to us. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think in the future, like even getting together, doing uh, play testing together, having the digital for rapid iteration is going to be really nice, even for face to face. Yeah. Got our laptops up. But yeah. That's that's you know wow, it didn't even occur to me that we could totally do that. Yeah, like we could sit in the same room all on TTS, and yeah. be playtesting like that that is wow uh, yeah, that never see. even occurred to me well, like I that's got, like <laughs> i got friends that used to run a land party company in the the the, the aughts jason i'm <laughs> this is going back to my roots <laughs> oh i was never invited to a land party uh that's not true i might have been but i i didn't ever go to one not because i didn't want to but just because um 
I didn't have, yeah, I don't think I was cool enough. I don't think I was that type of uh, cool. Uh, like I didn't have a good computer for that and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that is really, really good. I think that that's, you know, um, gosh, I'm excited to try that now because we all have TTS obviously, and mm-hmm. we all have laptops. So I think, you know, that's, that's a piece of advice I would give to some others is, is try that even in person. And maybe other people are already ahead of us on that. And they're like, well, duh. Um, but I, I do think we don't want to, for just kind of like pushing cardboard around, right. As they say, and like moving stuff around and seeing like that physical space is still very nice for that Mm -hmm. though. I guess we did do a lot of that in TTS where we're just like moving tiles and exploring shapes and stuff and seeing like what works and what doesn't. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe tabletop is dead, man. It's just all computer games. (laughs) That's what we're doing. (laughs) Oh, it's all digital, man. All digital. The, um, the biggest piece of advice I would give uh, is for anyone who is doing this would be to write the rules earlier um, than I did. <laughs> uh, I wrote them like literally at zero hour when I had to turn them in to show them to someone. And um, in, in really, I just like the problem with that was that we were keeping track of changes, but because I wasn't modifying anything or keeping like really good track of the specific changes we were making. It was just kind of a list and I had to cherry pick out of it. Um, that made it a lot harder. And, you know, it was just so, so I think it's just good to be mindful of how quickly you're iterating, right. Mm -hmm. And how to slow the iteration down when you need to, and how to, you know, make sure that you take the time on the specific pieces that really matter. Um, and I think that, I think that when you're co-designing the rules really matter, because every time I've had a disagreement or confusion with a co-designer, it's generally a misunderstanding of how something works in the game. Um, and if the rules are written well, um, then then there's no worry about that, right? Yeah. Um, the One of the things that made writing the rules really easier than it would have been, though, was your ability to just be like, here's screenshots out of TTS. And I could literally like say, <laughs> I need a picture of exactly this. You'd be like, there you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, which I, you can do with physical pieces, but it will never look as nice or no, as good. That that was very nice with the TTS because I have spent far too long trying to get shots of game pieces on my coffee table with horrible shadows going everywhere and glare making the text I desperately <laughs> yes. want to be legible completely illegible. I've been there too. I've yeah. been there too. Yeah. Well, I hope uh, I hope the listeners found this conversation enlightening um, and kind of, you know, breaking down a game we worked on and, and how we designed it and how it works and, you know, kind of how we tackled it. Um, I know for me, it was really interesting to, to talk and hear your perspective on it. I mean, I know we shared it as we went, but kind of analyzing it postmortem, I think, was really helpful to me uh, yeah. for thinking about doing this again. I don't know. What, what about you? Uh, I, I think the same. I think it was interesting because... Uh, we did find different aspects of it a lot more edifying and useful from our own perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And also, this is like my first like long-term co-design thing where it's like come to this this level of uh, right, right fo- uh, completion. So it was it was interesting for me there, and I've just completely lost my train of thought there. So. <laughs> I am amazing. That is some good listening for all of you out there in oh. Builderland. <laughs> um, 
Well, so, I mean, the good news is, yeah, we're going to, I, so let us know what, how you felt about this episode listeners, if it was helpful to you. I, I really hope it was give us a tweet if it was, um, or message or whatever you want to do, um, pop into discord and tell us, but yeah, I, I, I like this. Kelly and I are working on some more projects together, uh, mm-hmm. specifically one other one, um, that we're definitely going to be moving forward with. Um, that's something else we're showing off to some publishers as is, but probably making some changes as well. Showed off yeah. to different publishers. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. I, I agree. I'm rather excited. About um, me too. Me too. I'm actually just as excited about that game, which is a very different game, much simpler. <laughs> um, kind of, it's a real interesting thing. We, neither one of us has done before. So, uh, at some point we will definitely talk about that game on the show, even if it's just to pitch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, maybe after we're done working on that one, we can do the same type of thing if people are interested in it. So a little eye into the design process of two people like us, which are game designers who are at least moderately okay at it. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel honored. (laughs) I want us to stay. I want us to stay humble. Um, So, well, thanks again for coming on and chatting with me this late on Easter uh, about everything. It was good chatting. uh, Pleasure. it. It was really good to hear your perspective on how everything went. You too. Listeners, if you would like to reach out to us, you can, of course, go to buildingthegamepodcast.com. There you can find our Discord information. Join our Discord channel. It's a great time. Kelly's there. I'm there. Mm-hmm. Everybody's there. Um, in addition to that, you, of course, could email us at buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. You could call us at 770-HOTEL-PDG. Uh, other than Discord, the single best way to get a hold of us, though, is, of course, the Twitters. Uh, you can find us at Podcast PTG. I am at J.A. Slingerland. Kelly is at Kenny Ho, K-E-N-E-H-O. Uh, and you can find us all there. It'll be lots of fun. Tweet at us. We'll tweet back at you. It'll be a tweet storm. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? A tweet storm? I think I, it's a thing. I don't know. I have it no is. Clue. Okay, cool. <laughs> so in any event, uh, thanks for listening. And until next time, good night. Night. Building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Dial 770 Hotel BTG. Please don't use the email. <laughs>